Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. What do you know that gives you confidence, assurance, renewed joy, and peace in times of trouble and uncertainty? What do you know that gives you confidence, assurance, renewed joy, and peace in times of trouble and uncertainty? If you were to face a terminal illness. If you were told today that you are terminally ill, what do you know that would give you confidence, renewed joy, and peace? If you lost all of your resources, if you lost all of your resources, employment, bank account, house, clothes, food supplies, what do you know? What do you know that would give you confidence, renewed joy, and peace. If your family and friends were to leave you by relocating to another place, another state, another country, or if they were to leave you even in death, what do you know that would give you confidence? renewed joy and peace in your life. Even though we are the apex of God's creation, we are a frail and a fragile humanity. Not only do big things like pandemic earthquake, wildfires, or drought bring us to our knees. But the smallest microbes in our bloodstream can completely devastate us. And such things happen often, and they are out of our control. So I ask again, what do you know that gives you confidence, renewed joy, and peace in times of uncertainty and trouble? The prophet Isaiah tells us in chapter 53, verse 3 of his book, that the Lord Jesus Christ was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he was. And yet we're told in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 that Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What did he know? What did he know that gave him confidence, renewed joy, and peace in times of uncertainty, 
and trouble. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the letter to the Philippians, which we are studying in this series of sermons, he was no stranger to adversity, uncertainty, or difficulty. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 4, the Apostle says, But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience, in tribulation, in need, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. And he writes in chapter 11, beginning in verse 23, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prison, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often in cold and nakedness besides the other things what comes upon me daily my deep concern for all the churches who is weak and I am not weak who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation Paul was no stranger to uncertainty, to distress, to trouble, to hardship. And yet, while in a Roman prison, he wrote to a Philippian church and said, I rejoice, and yes, will rejoice. What did Paul know? that gave him confidence, renewed joy, and peace in times of uncertainty or trouble. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, please, to the book of Philippians, chapter 1. The book of Philippians, chapter 1. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1. And I want us to begin in verse 12, even though we're going to focus our attention on verses 19 through 21. I want us to begin in verse 12. Stand with me, if you will, in honor of God's Word. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. 
and most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that nothing I shall be ashamed that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is the word of the Lord. We pray his blessing upon the reading of his word. You may be seated. Paul was certain and was confident of certain truths that despite his circumstance continued to bring him joy and peace in the Lord. In verses 19 through 21, he mentions five of those truths. Now, we're not going to be able to get through all five of them this morning, but we'll do the best that we can. He mentions five of these truths that give him confidence, renewed joy, and peace in times of uncertainty and trouble. These are the five truths. First of all, he knew his situation would turn out for his deliverance, verse 19. He knew the Philippian Christians were praying for him, verse 19. He knew the Holy Spirit would provide for him, verse 19. He knew that God had a plan for his life and for his work, verse uh, verse 20. And he knew that no matter what happened to him, Jesus Christ would be exalted in him. Verse 20. Now these five truths governed his life and his ministry. And these five truths sustained him while he was in prison as he awaited trial. Wouldn't it be wonderful if each and every one of us in this room this morning knew these same truths in our own lives and had the confidence in these truths in our times of trouble and uncertainty? First of all, I want you to note, Paul knew his situation would turn out for his deliverance. That's what, that's what he says in verse 19, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. This I know, he says. Now, there are three basic words in the Greek New Testament translated in your English Bible as the word know or to know. Three different Greek words translated to know in your English Bible. The first word has to do with general knowledge. It has to do with general knowledge. To know certain things or to know things in General In Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, Jesus said that we would know false prophets and teachers by observing their attitudes and their actions. 
Jesus said we would be able to identify, we would be able to know false prophets and false teachers by observing their attitudes and their actions. Some people don't even have that general knowledge in command. But Jesus said we would know that. He also said in Matthew 24, verse 32, that when the branch of the fig tree becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. There are general things that we know just by observing the world around us. We live in an agricultural area. We live where farmers grow all kinds of foods and vegetables and fruits and so on and so forth. And because we observe these things, we have a general knowledge about these things. We know that certain trees put forth their leaves, and then after the leaves they put forth their fruit. We know that certain plants bring forth their leaves, and then they flower, and then after they flower, they bring forth their fruit. We know that plants have to be watered, they have to be fertilized, sometimes they have to be sprayed with uh, insecticides in order to kill the bugs that would damage them. We know these things generally speaking. There is a second word to know and it has to do with understanding. Now, just because you know something doesn't mean you understand it. Right? Right? Yeah. I know a lot of things. But I don't understand everything I know. And neither do you. In Acts chapter 24 and verse 10, Paul knew and Paul understood that Felix had been governor in Caesarea for many years and that because he knew and understood that Felix was a man who uh, would allow people to speak in court Paul could stand before Felix and Paul could speak freely to the governor in his own defense. He knew that. And he understood that. Because he knew Felix, the governor. Just because you know something doesn't mean you understand it. How many of you have dreams? You don't need to raise your hand. How many of you dream your dreams? How many of you understand your dreams? Sometimes I wished I didn't dream. Sometimes my dreams consume my entire day trying to figure out what that was all about. How many of you are... Let me see. Now your eyes are open. <laughs> so you're conscious. You're awake. I don't know, Mills may not be. Her head's down, her eyes may be closed. Oh, there she is, okay. <laughs> How many of you understand consciousness? How many of you understand the dynamics of what it is to be conscious? What about personality? Why are some people possessed with a certain personality and other people possess a different personality? Sometimes in the same family. I have two daughters. I love my daughters with all of my heart. But they are as different in their personalities as daylight from dark. And yet, I am their father, and Nancy is their mother. How do we understand the differences in personality? I don't. I dare say very many people do. What about memory? Memory. There are some things I wish I could forget. 
there are some things I wish I could remember. And the older I get, the more I wish I could remember certain things. When it comes to playing Trivial Pursuit, I have no problem. Nancy says I have a trivial mind. I can remember the most unimportant, mundane, trivial things. It's the important things I have a problem with from time to time. I remember when I was a boy, I must not have been more than five or six years old, I was sitting in front of the TV and I was watching Jerry Lewis in his telethon. You remember that? Telethon Jerry Lewis uh, would have every year. And he came out on stage and he began to recite this verse. And it was something that you could repeat. One hen. One hen. One hen, two ducks. One hen, two ducks. One hen, two ducks. Three geese. One hen, two ducks. Three geese. One hen, two ducks. Three geese. Four corpulent porpoises. On and on and on, all the way up to 12. And I repeated that with him, and I still am not able to forget that stupid little verse. 62 years. And that little verse continues to go over and over and over in my mind. I can't get rid of it. Memory. How many of us really understand memory? We know we have one, but do we understand it? Perception. Perception is another thing that all of us have to one degree or another, but do we understand why we have certain perceptions? So, the second knowledge that's mentioned in the New Testament has to do with Knowing and understanding. There is a third word in the Greek New Testament translated to know in your English Bible. And it has to do with a knowledge that gives confidence. A knowledge that gives assurance. Idol is the word. And that's the word that the Apostle Paul uses here in Philippians 1, verse 19. Look at it again. For I know, I know this will turn out for my deliverance. Now what Paul was saying here is, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt. I know and I am assured of. I know and I am fully confident. I know that I will experience deliverance. There was no question in his mind. There was no uncertainty in his mind. He was fully confident and assured in the knowledge that he would be delivered. In other words, he knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, he was confident beyond confidence that he would be delivered from prison. What do you know? What do you know? that gives you confidence, that gives you renewed joy, that gives you peace in times of uncertainty and in times of trouble. Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that you're a Christian this morning? Beyond the shadow of a doubt? Fully confident? fully assured, do you know that you are a child of God? Some people say, well, you can't know that. I beg to differ. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, the Apostle Paul says, I know, I know, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day, against that day of judgment. Paul says, I know beyond the shadow of doubt, I am fully confident, I have the greatest assurance that you could ever have, that I know in whom I have believed, Jesus Christ my Lord. John the Apostle wrote in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have been written that you may know, I know, that you may know fully and completely, that you may be assured of, that you may have confidence. 
that you have eternal life and that life is in his son. Are you confident this morning that you are a child of God? That you are a Christian? Are you confident that what you experience in life, good or bad, are you confident that what you experience in life works to your benefit? Works to your benefit? In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Apostle Paul writes, And we know, I know, with confidence, with assurance, beyond the shadow of a doubt, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Even the bad stuff, even the bad stuff. Even the negative things in our life experiences work for our benefit. Sometimes we scratch our heads and we wonder. Sometimes we question. Sometimes we fall on our face before God and ask why. But Scripture, both in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis all the way through the end of the Bible in Revelation, we have evidence, we have proof, we have examples of the lives of individuals whose lives, they were on high tops, they were on mountain peaks, and they were down low in the valley. They were free to go wherever they were imprisoned. Some were diseased-ridden, others experienced full health, and yet they understood that all of these things, good or bad, worked for their benefit. Do you know and do you have the assurance that you will go to heaven? Do you know and do you have the assurance that you will go to heaven? Some people even here in this room probably scratch their heads and say, well I don't know, I certainly hope so. Well my friends, if you don't know, you better find out quick because you're not assured of another day of life. All we have is today. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow may never come. All we have is today. And if you're not sure of your eternal destiny, you better use your time wisely and know for certain. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1, For we know, the Apostle Paul says, we know, again the word Ido, we know that if our earthly house, that is this human body, this body of flesh, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a new body, a, God, a, a body that God himself has made for us, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Do you know with confidence and assurance that you will have an eternal glorified body made by God, prepared for you in heaven? Do you know and are you confident that Jesus is coming back to take us to heaven? You know, there are a lot of Christian people who don't even believe that. There are a lot of Christian scholars who don't even believe that. And yet Jesus says in John chapter 14 verses 1 through 4, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And since I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will be also. Jesus is coming again. Do you have confidence in that? Are you fully assured of that? Do you know that beyond shadow of a doubt? Paul knew and was confident in knowing that he would not remain a prisoner in Rome. That he would be delivered. I want to focus my attention on that word deliver for just a moment. Scholars debate as to what Paul meant when he used the word delivered. Paul is in prison. He's been in prison for a little while. He will spend about two years in this prison in Rome. 
And yet he was confident that he was not going to stay there. He had to stand before uh, the magistrate and he had, he had to defend himself and uh, his ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, he was not sure how that was going to turn out, but he knew one way or the other he was not going to stay a prisoner in Rome. Now, scholars, again, have debated this meaning of the word delivered here, and there are basically three uh, interpretations of what Paul meant. Some say that Paul meant he would be vindicated, that he would be proven innocent of all charges, and that he would be released from prison. So when Paul says that, I know that I will be delivered... He was saying, I am fully confident my case is a solid case. Uh, the governor, the emperor, the magistrate is going to see that I am not a threat to him or to the empire and I will be released. That's what some scholars say. Some say that he meant that his imprisonment would work to his benefit that the idea of being delivered really means that this imprisonment would work to his benefit. How? It would make him stronger in the faith. It would make him more dependent upon the Holy Spirit. It would make him more determined to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. And then there are those who say, that what Paul meant was that he would be ultimately and finally saved. Ultimately and finally saved. Now, Paul was already a Christian. No doubt about that. He was already a Christian, so he wasn't talking about saved in that sense. Some say he meant, I know this current situation will turn out for my eternal salvation, ultimately to be in the presence of the Lord. So some say Paul was going to be vindicated. He was going to be um, released from prison. He can go about his business. Some say that while he's in prison, he's going to grow in his faith. He's going to grow in his spirit. He's going to grow in his dependence upon the Lord God. He's going to grow in his joy. He's going to grow in peace and so on and so forth. Some say that Paul was saying eventually and ultimately, I'm going to be delivered not only from this prison that I'm sitting in, but also the prison of this human body, and I will be with the Lord in glory. I believe he meant all three. I believe he meant all three. Paul understood his situation was only temporary. He would either be set free in life or he would be set free from life. He would be set free in life or he would be set free from life in death. It didn't matter to him. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Didn't matter to Paul. He knew that he was going to be set free in life or he was going to be set free in death. But he knew beyond the shadow of a doubt his imprisonment in Rome wasn't going to last very long. He would come up before the magistrate, be acquitted and set free, or he will be come up before the magistrate and he will be condemned and he will die. But again, Paul says, doesn't matter to me. It does not matter to me. He was ready to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and he was ready to go home to heaven to be with Jesus Christ. I also believe that Paul knew and was confident that he would be set free to continue to preach the gospel. I believe that he was going to be in prison only temporarily and he would be vindicated. He would be set free. Why do I believe that? Well, first of all, I believe that because of the rich history of God in dealing with faithful servants. The rich history of God in dealing with faithful servants. I remember Job. 
Job was afflicted by Satan. God permitted it, but Satan was the instrument of his affliction, and yet he was faithful in all of his affliction. He remained faithful to God, and God ultimately delivered him from the hand of Satan. What about Noah? Noah and his family. Out of all of the peoples of the earth, God looked upon the earth and saw all of the peoples of the earth, and Noah was the only righteous man in his generation. God said, I'm sick and tired of the evil of men. I'm sick and tired that their thoughts are on evil continuously. I'm sick and tired of the fact that they love to do what is wrong, what is evil, what is godless, and I'm going to destroy the earth, but I'm going to save Noah. And he did. And God delivered him and his family from the flood. What about Joseph? Joseph, son of Jacob. His brothers didn't like him because of his dreams. His brothers didn't care for him because he was daddy's favorite. His brothers didn't like him because they couldn't relate to this kid. And this kid couldn't relate to them. So what did they do? They threw him in a well to kill him. But there were some Midianites coming along in a caravan. They decided, well, rather than kill him, let's just sell him. And uh, these Midianites will take him to a faraway country. We'll never hear from him again. So he did. Well, he got to Egypt and, boy, he got into trouble there too. Got into trouble because of Potiphar's wife. Went to prison. Made some friends in prison. And when he interpreted their dreams, they went before uh, the, the Pharaoh. And uh, they were able to uh, speak, um, uh, return to their jobs. But they forgot all about Joseph. Forgot all about Joseph. And here he was back in prison again. But eventually God delivered him. And God established him as second in command over the entire empire of Egypt. Moses. Now here's a twist. Moses was delivered because of the righteousness of his parents. Amram and Yoshebed, righteous mom and dad, loved their infant baby, defied the order of Pharaoh, kept their child alive because they saw something good in this child. God delivered him from the Nile River, from the crocodiles. By sending Pharaoh's daughter down to the river to bathe, she heard the baby cry. She fell in love with the baby when she opened the basket. And she adopted this infant as her own child. He was raised 40 years in Pharaoh's court, then killed an Egyptian because he was abusing the, the Hebrew people, was sent out into the land of Midian for 40 years, a shepherd, until God called him there at Sinai, sent him back into Egypt to secure the release of the Hebrew people, delivered them to the Jordan River where they would cross over into the Promised Land. God delivered Moses because of the righteousness of his mom and dad. What about David? David was not a perfect guy, but God delivered him from the hand of Goliath. God delivered him from the hand of King Saul. And eventually David became the new king and the greatest king over all of God's people. What about Daniel? Daniel was a righteous man in exile in Babylon. A holy man, a righteous man, a God-fearing man, defying the edict of the king and continued to pray before God was brought before the magistrate on trumped-up charges by people who were jealous of him, people who hated him and his God, and he was thrown to the lions. But God delivered him from the lions. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Three young teenage boys, again defying the king, worshipped the Lord God, and when they were commanded to bow down to the idol of the king, the pagan idol of the king, they refused to bow down, and they were brought before the king, and he threatened them with their very lives. Don't you know that I can throw you into the fire? I can kill you. And they said, whether you do or not, we're not going to bow down to you. 
They were thrown into the fire. And the king was watching and he said, What? Didn't we throw three men into the fire? But I see four. And one like unto the Son of God. God delivers His faithful servants. His hand is always upon His righteous servants. Sometimes, now listen, sometimes He delivers them from death. But sometimes He delivers them in death. Sometimes He delivers them in death. I also believe that Paul knew and was confident that he would be set free from the prison so that he could continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because of our Lord's words to Ananias. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Turn left and let's go to the book of Acts chapter 9. This is the conversion of the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 9. I want us to begin in verse 10. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Saul of Tarsus was on his way to Damascus because he heard there were some Christians up there and he was going to go up and arrest them and bring them back and uh, to stand before the Sanhedrin and to be condemned for believing in this Jesus Christ. And you know the story, he was on his way and the resurrected Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Paul was saved at that encounter. He embraced Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Now, picking up in verse 10, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here am I, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias, verse 13, Then Ananias answered, Lord, and I'm sure his voice was trembling when he responded, Lord, <laughs> I have heard about this dude. I've heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name, listen, to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now I know that Paul was going to be freed from prison because while he's here in this prison in Rome, he was just getting started. And yet his, the Lord's words to Ananias was, this man is a, a vessel that I've, he's a guy that I've got my hand on and I'm going to use him to bring the gospel to kings, to emperors. I'm going to use him to bring the gospel to the Gentiles and to the Jews. And Paul was just getting started. He hadn't accomplished all of that just yet. And so I think the Apostle Paul knew that this was not going to be his swan song in the Roman prison, that he would indeed be vindicated. He would be set free. I also believe that Paul knew and he was confident that he would be freed from prison to preach the gospel because of the witness of the Holy Spirit. Because of the witness of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. I believe, I believe that faithful servants of the Lord, and I have to qualify that, faithful servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe they know when their time here on earth is drawing to a close. I believe that with all of my heart. I've seen it far too many times to believe otherwise. Godly men and women 
faithful men and women to the Lord Jesus Christ, faithful servants of the Lord in His church and through His church out on the mission field, out where evangelism takes place, out where ministry uh, finds its way into the homes of people who are lost and need Jesus Christ, people who are hurting and they need consolation from Jesus Christ, people who are bewildered and confused and they need someone to come and to minister to them God's Word to counsel and to give them comfort and to give them peace. Men and women who have sacrificed their lives to Jesus Christ in service and in ministry, I know that they understand when their time here on the earth is drawing to a close. I believe the Holy Spirit prepares them for this. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 the Apostle Paul writes and you know his testimony well I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew that he was about to die completely different attitude than what we find here in Philippians chapter 1 is the attitude that we find here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul said, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, I am confident, I have the assurance that I'm going to be delivered. But here, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says, I'm already being poured out as an offering to God. And I know that my time here is coming to a close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Back here in Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, Paul was affirming that it wasn't his time to go. It wasn't his time to leave. His ministry was not over. He knew that. He was confident that he would be set free to continue the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ to Gentiles and to kings and to the children of Israel. And he knew that beyond the shadow of a doubt. What do you know? What do you know? that gives you confidence, that gives you renewed joy, that gives you peace in your times of uncertainty or trouble. Our time is gone, and we've only examined the first of the five truths that Paul knew. But again, I want to ask you, what is it that you know? What is it that you know that gives you confidence, renewed joy, and peace in your times of uncertainty, in your times of trouble? Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you met with Him as the Apostle Paul met with Him on the road to Damascus? as Peter, James, and John met with Him on the shores of Galilee? Do you know Him as your personal Lord and Savior? Are you confident that what you experience in life works for your benefit? The good and the bad, God ordains, God permits, God even orchestrates these things for your benefit? Do you know and are you confident that Jesus is coming back to take you home, to be with Him? Do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your eternity is going to be spent around God's throne in glory? If you have questions about these things, if you have reservations about these things, Pastor Dave... Pastor Chris, Pastor Joe Powell, myself, and others here would be happy to speak with you. 
so that you may know with confidence, with assurance, where you stand with Jesus Christ. Let's stand together, David. If you will, come and lead us in a song, and we'll be dismissed. From our hearts, praise God for all blessings flow. As we've come to feast at your table, may we now depart to serve you in the fields which are white unto harvest. Father, may we go knowing that you go before us to prepare the path in which we are to walk, knowing that you're preparing hearts to receive our visitation, our witness knowing that your Holy Spirit will guide us, speak to us, speak through us to those who need to know about Jesus. May we go knowing, Lord God, that you are with us everywhere we go, every moment of the day, for you have promised you would never leave us, you would never forsake us. May we go knowing, as the Apostle Paul knew, that whether I serve in life or whether I face death, it is all to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. May that be our conviction. May that be our prayer. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, God bless you and have a great day in the Lord. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the Word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org.